And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys indeed? Hello Cowboys fans, here we are after a wild Sunday at AT AT&T Stadium in which the Cowboys were favored to win by more than two scores. It was a tight one. John Mashoda is live at AT&T Stadium. I'm Kevin Turner. No Kent Garrison, no sod today. So, John, uh, let's get right to it, man. Um, I don't know about you. I would like to get see what you were feeling at halftime when they were down by three. It was 20 to 17. What were your feelings there? Same old, same old, or did this one have a little bit of a different feeling? I mean, it. Not at halftime. At halftime, I felt at any point they were just going to take the game over and win. Probably win by a couple touchdowns. Maybe not cover the spread. And really, even with about, I don't know, 10 minutes to go into the fourth quarter, I felt the same way. But then you get into those final minutes and you're like, all it takes is one of these passes to be tipped, intercepted, game's over. You know, uh, you know. I mean, it could have taken, uh, you know, after the Michael Gallup uh, drop pass in the end zone, you know, all of a sudden, let's say you... You don't get in on, on third down, and next thing you know, you got to kick a field goal and go to overtime, and who knows what happens there. So I never really thought that they were going to lose, but I also never thought that they really played well at all and it, throughout the entire game. There was never a point where I was like, maybe on that first series when they went right down the field, made it 7 nothing, but there was just too much, as you would say, playing with your food, just kind of letting them hang around, which can be expected from a noon game against a one win team, but it never should have gotten to the level where it got a little, you know, a little nerve wracking for Cowboys fans there late. You you know, on that first drive, uh, you know, like you said, that, that was great. They looked really good. They were doing a little bit of everything. Uh, They threw it a little bit. And of course uh, they got the score with uh, Tony Pollard, a really good drive. And then they come out and very quickly shut down Houston. And then you have your muff punt. And we haven't seen a lot of problems with Turpin, uh, you know, in terms of ball security or things like that. If anything, you've kind of seen him body language wise be a little more anxious, maybe looking for his opportunity. And right there, he just didn't catch it. And okay, that happens, I guess. I don't think we have some trend where we can go, oh, no. Um, But then that's the thing about some of these games. It's, the first half, the turnovers are there, and that's how you end up, quote-unquote, playing with your food is by, well, just giving them the ball and not having a chance. So then you're tied. And then on that next drive, I was interested to see how the Cowboys were going to play it because, you know, they ended up being in a situation where they were run the, running the ball a couple times and they had a third and long, and then they got a punt, and they were unable to get out, and then it's like, okay, well, the first quarter's over now, <laughs> so here we are. But I know where I was feeling at halftime was the same thing. I was just kind of like, the defense surely going to take over here. And for whatever reasons, Micah Parsons wasn't able to game wreck uh, this week. And I don't know. I think there's a couple things in play. I think number one is he's playing a lot. Number two, he's playing a lot of defensive end. 
And that's a little more taxing than I guess playing linebacker would be. And then just kind of the soft injuries. And that's what makes me just kind of, I don't know, like a little more infuriated about when he's in the game, when they're winning by 30 against Minnesota, you know, because yeah. you're going to need him down the stretch. And I'm not pinning anything on Mike. I'm just saying like, you didn't see him go wreck a game today. You didn't see a lot of guys go wreck a game today. Like we've seen on this defense. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of that has to do with the way they rotated in the Texans did Davis mills and, and, uh, and Jeff Driscoll, they, they did it in a way that kind of kept the Cowboys on their toes. And they did some things that the Cowboys really weren't expecting things that you can do when you only have one win. And, and you, it's not like if you lose this game, what, what does it change for you? Nothing. You kind of go in there with house money. Like, Hey, if we can keep this thing close, maybe we steal it at the end. We probably won't. We're a 17 point underdog. We're all aware of that, but we can try a bunch of different things. And I think, I just think the way that they game plan and what they were able to do, particularly with Driscoll as a runner, I think it just really limited how much Micah was able to have a, have an impact in terms of, you know, times when you drop back, usually, you know, every few times that happens, Micah somewhere near there, if he's not getting home, at least having some impact on the throw. And they did a good job of, of keeping him away from getting in those situations to make those plays. I just, I wonder how many teams playoff type teams can play the style of offense that the Texans played consistently and beat the Cowboys playing that way. And let's be honest. I, when I, when I'm watching games like this, I'm, I'm always trying to figure out, especially with a Cowboys team that was going for a 10th win. You obviously, whatever you want to say about this game, you know, it's a good football team. So when I watch it, it's at this point in the season, it's what would happen if you played like this in the playoffs. And obviously if they played like this, they'd go home. But I also don't think they would have showed up like this and, and kind yeah. of played with their food early on if it was a better team. Um, I, so when I look at it from that perspective, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I would say my biggest concern is Dak and the turnovers, because those are the things against good teams that will get you beat every time in the playoffs. And, you know, he addressed it after the game. He said he knows he has to get better there. This is uncharacteristic territory he's in now with how many interceptions he's had this season. Now getting a nine. Um, that's not been something that's been a big part of his game, but we're starting to see it now. And there are these balls that get tipped and they, and they bounce up in the air. And, and, and when that happens, bad things happen. And those are plays that can be real game changers, particularly when these are coming for Dak. These are in the second quarter, a lot of times right before halftime. Those are big momentum swings going into the halftime locker room that you will get away with against the Colts and against this Houston Texans team. And maybe even next week against the Jaguars, but you're not going to get by Philly or San Francisco and, and maybe not even Minnesota again, and probably not Tampa Bay and any of these other teams you're going to see in the playoffs. If you play that way. No, I, th I think that's a good point. Like Dak is today. It was very odd. There was a lot of passes that they were getting their hands on. The interception late uh, in the game there that, you know, a lot of teams end up scoring on that drive when they take right. over at your five-yard line. You know, the tech, you were playing the Texans. This is a big reason you got a good stop, and the defense boned up there and all that stuff. And Dak was hit, and you can blame it on Josh Ball. We can go a lot of different directions there. Dak's thrown two interceptions, and he's had a lot of games where he's thrown multiple interceptions this year. And we're at a point now where it's like, okay, that has to stop happening, like you're saying. I thought the Texans played the Cowboys interesting, and they basically said, run it on us. Um, there was a lot of too deep and just bailing out. And Dak would try to take those shots over the middle. There's a play that uh, sticks out with me where CeeDee Lamb was coming over the middle and Dak tried to thread the needle and that almost got picked off too. And there's a couple of good throws he actually made over the middle to Dalton Schultz. I mean, you know, you take some of that. You know, Dak's not 
check down artist guy anymore. He's trying to push the ball down the field quite often, but I, I thought that was interesting. We were kind of back to a team that kind of played the Cowboys a little differently today. And then when Terrence Steele goes out with an injury, you know, playing that way is able to work. Now the Cowboys uh, offensive line deserves a lot of credit uh, with um, uh, or coaching uh, deserves some credit when they put Jason Peters in for Josh ball. Like they're like, no more, no more of that. And Jason Peters should get credit for being able to go, you know, play the other side, which he hasn't done much because we're to a point where you can't put Josh ball out there. Not, not in the game, not when the game's on the line. So there's a lot to think about. Jason Peters might be your guy at right tackle now because you know, Jerry, after the game, didn't have an update on Terrence Steele. So we'll find out a lot more in the next 24 hours. But there was definitely some serious concern from front office members when they were leaving the locker room today about Terrence Steele. And so if you're without Terrence Steele, whether it's the rest of the season for the rest of you know playoffs too, regardless, you have Jason Peters. He's got to be your guy there. I know, I know right tackle is in his natural position, but he gives you the veteran experience. He's been there and done that in, in big games, playoff games. I, I think it's a no-brainer that you give him every opportunity to to win that job. And I'm glad also that you brought up the C.D. Lamb uh, play because I thought that was another thing that you know we saw a little, we saw a lot of that actually in that 49ers loss in the playoffs where you know there just wasn't enough impact by your big-time playmakers on the perimeter. And this is one of those games where it was like that too. C.D. Lamb, see what he finished with. He had six targets. Five catches for 33 yards, just not enough. Yeah. Michael Gallup, same thing. Six targets, only had two catches, 40 yards. That's not enough from those two. Not to beat good teams, not not in the postseason. Um, yeah, that that that's not going to get it done. And, and hey, let's be honest, it's not just the offense. The defense didn't play on a postseason level either. They played like they were playing around with their food quite a bit as well. You know, now they were they were given some bad field positions and things like that. But this is a talented enough defense that even in those situations. They've been able to, you know, stand up and get big stops, hold teams of field goals, things like that. Um, so, I mean, all the way around, yeah, you take the win, you get to 10 wins. First time you've gone back-to-back double-digit wins uh, since, you know, 1995, 1996. So you'll take it and you move on. But there are things in this game where you just look at it and you're like, man, you start that way against a good team and that and that ends your season. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, I mean, Chris Moore, 10 catches. Amari Rogers comes in and gets, you know, four or five catches and, for, for me, it's the thing that stood out is Davis Mills looked very comfortable when he was in the game. Jeff Driscoll obviously was more used as a gimmick. But Davis Mills looked comfortable back there. That's that's never good. But, you know, this is not – it's not like some things like an indictment of a whole season right now. You have these odd trends of bad teams who you're letting hang around till halftime. Well, eventually one of those games is going to be close in the end if you keep doing that. There's mo- the most strange thing of all this is what you mentioned was the DAC – interception right before the half that continues to happen that's just uh it's just crazy that, that the way that works and i i felt that the cowboys were trying to you know as the second quarter was going on we're trying to really get a big lead and then be able to start hammering at home and the, at halftime i think the cowboys are averaging like six yards to carry i mean zeke both zeke and tony pollard had some really good rushing numbers at halftime um but dak had thrown the ball 23 times and I think they only ran the ball, I think, 11 times at that point. I got the vibe. The Cowboys were trying to get up by three scores and maybe put themselves in a position to not have to go as hard in the second half. But I don't know. The, I don't think they think like that in the moment. I don't think coaches think like that in the moment. Either way, disappointing. Jacksonville can get you next week. Okay, that's not going to be an easy game. Um, it'd be nice if 
all the injuries weren't a problem. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, luckily, he came back in. Uh, Hankins, uh, you need to tell us about Hankins if you know any more on that. You mentioned Terrence Steele. Uh, I know I'm very, am I forgetting someone else? I uh, Jake Ferguson, I yep. believe. Yeah. So Ferguson's a concussion. We'll know more about that in the coming days. Dorrance Armstrong was in a walking boot. Uh, that apparently happened on the last series. Uh, I think it's an ankle. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's anything too serious. Uh, Jonathan Hankins is uh, some type of a chest, like pack type issue. He was going to make a tackle. You could see he immediately grabbed for his shoulder. So that could be something where it's like Neville Gallimore had a year ago and that could end his season or it could be something where they just put a harness on and he's able to play through it. Again, there wasn't anything definitive after the game like there normally is with the Cowboys front office. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see with those. Uh, Trayvon Diggs said he's fine. Um, you know, he's still able to catch, catch a football and all that with the hand. Um, so it's not like it's something where he, you know, thinks that he would miss any time. He didn't think he'd miss any time in this game. Um, so it was good, obviously, to see him come back. Uh, you know, you mentioned things that caught your eye and that were strange. How about Dak Prescott? having a passer rating of 70.9 and the Texans quarterbacks combining for a passer rating of a 93.6. Like you're just, you never thought you would have seen that, especially, you know, last week as we're going into this game, looking at the Texans wide receivers, like this is about as bad as it gets. And then on top of it, they don't even have their two, top two receivers in this game because of injury, no Brandon cooks, no Nico Collins. So there's a lot of things to look at where, the Cowboys, you could tell after the game, want to put a little spin on it of how, yeah, but look at that last drive. That's what you need. That's what championship teams do. Look at how, you know, look at how we went, whatever it was, 98 yards and all that stuff. And, that, and that's great. No, but you also got to look at who they were playing against. So um, not, a, not, a, not a great day. I don't think this is going to be one that fires up the fan base. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The other thing I was going to ask you, like one specific uh, uh, situation in this game, Cowboys have the ball and they're down on the uh, one-yard line, basically. Uh, and they end up turning the ball over and down. This is the third quarter right here at this point. And they've got a little drive. And, man, they just said, we're going to give it to Zeke four times right up the middle. And the Texans end up taking over. And I I don't like how it sounded like it was received in the stadium. Uh, is that when the boo birds started coming out a little bit? And Cowboys were able to recover. Not that big of a deal. But, man, right there, I was expecting, like, that's just another example of, well, we think we're better than this team. We're going to run right over them. And, man, it's just not the case sometimes because just giving the ball Zeke to Zeke four times right there from the one is not your best play. I don't know, I don't know what was going on there. I don't know. That's a play call thing. I have no idea. You can really look at that from two different ways. You can look at it from one, being stubborn, but you can look at it from the other side where you're – why are you being stopped by them? Yeah. You should be able to score on them even if you run it five times. I mean, who are you playing against? This is the worst team in the NFL – and it's not even close. So they probably thought we'll run it on them four times and we'll get in the end zone. And they should have. I mean, that's that's that both sides can be looked at as an issue. The idea that they thought that they could just do that. And the idea that why didn't they do that? You know, why weren't they able to score on that and convert? And then maybe that's where you pull away in this game. I don't know. It just had a weird vibe in here all day long. You just it just felt like that they they knew, hey, whenever we want, we can put our foot on the gas, we'll win this game. And that kind of did happen to the very end, but you you really don't want to see that happening in December when you're trying to play some of your best ball, uh, you know, heading into playoffs, which is a big McCarthy thing is, is, you know, ramping it up, starting to play your best ball now so that you're, you keep improving. So when you get into the playoffs, you, you know, you're heading in the right direction. You're not just kind of backing in there like we've seen Cowboys teams do before. But another thing Mike McCarthy is big about is these different situational things like scoring before half, coming out of half and scoring. And, and part of me wonders if maybe that is fed into why Dak has maybe been a little bit more aggressive right before half, trying to get those points because of the analytical side of how big it is. You know, Mike talks all the time about the whole double-double. You know, if you go into the half and score and then come out of the half scoring, how crazy it increases your chances of winning the game and things. And maybe, maybe they're being too aggressive right before half because, hey, it hasn't really come back to bite them. But we sit here and we look at who they could potentially – be facing in the playoffs and you throw one of those interceptions right before half. I mean, that could be, that could be something that that ends up being the difference in that entire game, just because you'll be facing another team where you probably can't afford to turn the ball over, let alone right before half like that. So I don't know. I don't, I'm in a, I'm in a kind of a tough spot because I hate to just rag on all the negative because I also yeah. don't think that they came close to playing. Like they went out there and just played the rest and they know that, 
And I keep going back to just what the way they played against Minnesota, the way that they've played against some of the better teams since Dak has come back. I, I kind of want to give them the benefit of the doubt, not say, oh, this is the same old Cowboys. You know, they're playing like this today. Just wait. You know, there's, they're going to get into the first round of the playoffs and, and who knows, flip a coin, you know, what team shows up. I don't think this team is like that. I, I do think a good Cowboys team will show up in the playoffs, but there's something to be said for playing again, how you play against your competition. I agree. We talk too much about like priors than when it it comes to things like this. Like today was a single game and here's how it went. And yeah, no, there's a a lot of elements of it that aren't impressive. I I think interesting what you said about, you know, them being too uh, aggressive before the half, like, you know, still like some of those are happening though with three and a half minutes left, you know, in the half. So like, I don't know. There's like, none of them have, have seemed careless, like they've seemed like aggressive, and that, those are the ones I don't mind, right? The, the the ones that bother me the most are just careless type stuff. The muff right. punt bothers me ten times more than yeah. the da- than either of Dak's inter- interceptions. But it's hard to rag on Turpin because he's been doing a great job this year. Like I don't have much bad to say about him. Um, so you know, I don't know. It, it, it's just odd. I, the whole game until. Even dude, I even gave it to like last week. It was two minutes left in the third quarter when the Cowboys turned it on. I was doing that. I was like, even like, okay, they're still going to end up winning by fifteen or twenty. And then you get to the fourth quarter. Then you get to five minutes left in the fourth quarter. It's like, okay, yeah. wow, uh, this is stupid. What has happened? Uh, I would have liked to see Tony Pollard used more, but I'm not going to do that whole game. And that's a conversation that some people uh, can handle and some can't. Um, but you know, Zeke got the ball a lot today. I mean, Tony was used as well, but, uh, and, and Tony had four catches and, and things like that. But I, you know, Tony Pollard to me just looks better. I know Zeke had more yards, got more carries. It just feels like things have a chance to be more spread out when he's in the game. But, you know, again, we're also trying to keep those guys healthy. I, I think this Terrence Steele thing is huge. If we, uh, if we learn that Terrence Steele's, done for the year or that's really serious, then then we've got a problem because the way him and Zach Martin were blocking on the right side, that was kind of the Cowboys' bread and butter on offense so far this year was running off the right side. It is, but there's part of me, though, that just says, well, that's just what happens in the NFL. I mean, what good team doesn't, you know, have has lost somebody? I mean, I don't know what the details are. I was just walking to record this, but somebody said that they had to bring a card out for Debo Samuel. You know, I mean, you just saw Von Miller's loss for the year. I mean, most teams in the NFL are losing key players, even the good teams going into the playoffs. So, you know, it is one of those things. Yeah, you obviously would rather have Terrence Steele, but you also got to kind of think in the back of your mind, what are the odds that you really go into the playoffs completely healthy on both sides of the ball at every position? I mean, it just, yeah. and frankly, let's say last year was probably about as healthy as you could possibly be going to the playoffs and look how much that did for him. So, um, yeah, I, don't, I mean, obviously not good. I mean, Terrence still was playing well, so you would hope that it's not anything serious. But at the same time, I guess in a way, I, I, I look at that as that's a less of a concern to me than corner, just because you have Jason Peters, you have Tyron Smith coming back, you know, you have some some players there. Whereas at corner, you're just like you see Trayvon Diggs go to the locker room, and you're just are they? Yeah, are there three corners right now? Deron Bland, Calvin Joseph, and Deshaun Wright, like. That's real thin for going against, let's say, you know, postseason first round going against Tom Brady. I mean, you're not going to love that situation. So uh, there, there's definitely some areas that are thinner than others. But, yeah, no, if they lose steel, obviously it's going to be a big blow. Yeah, 10 catches for Chris Moore today, and it's easy to go, oh, Kelvin jo- – I didn't think Kelvin Joseph was bad today. I thought Kelvin no, I Joseph 
I thought I actually thought it was really good coverage. Maybe he got away with pass interference on the on the one-handed catch by Chris Moore. He kind of right. held his arm a little bit, and that play was reviewed. There's a play where Kelvin Joseph came up and prevented a first down from happening. I thought he was fine. You know, next week a little different. Jacksonville looked really good today against Tennessee. Trevor Lawrence is really starting to kind of take that leap. And they've got, you know, better wide receivers. <laughs> They're not running out guys who have been there for two weeks like Amari Rodgers and you know, and running in a backup quarterback as a gimmick. So next week, and that's and that's a good thing. That's a good thing for the Cowboys. Yeah. They need to play a team that, that just got done playing well. You play on the road. You come off of this game where, let's be honest, they probably came in and thought that they could just turn it on whenever they wanted to. So it's good that that Jacksonville had that effort. I'm I'm sure that it will be. But you you combine that with the way the Cowboys played today, this should be a huge wake up call. You should not see the same thing that we saw today next week against Jacksonville. Absolutely. Well, John, we'll let you get to it. Make sure you're uh, covering his work. He will have uh, his piece up, as always, and more stuff uh, throughout the week. And we'll uh, be rejoining you a little bit later in the week to get you ready for that Jacksonville game. From AT&T Stadium, it's Father John Mashoda. It's Cowboys 27. It's Texans 23. Holy cow. 10 and 3. It sounds like we didn't say a good thing about him, John, but they're 10 and 3. We'll have plenty of good things to say during the week. Yeah, yeah. Let us sleep on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Have a good let one. Let me dude. let me go through let me go through the stats and and my uh, on my recorder from things I got in the locker room. I'm gonna try and find some positives for you. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Well, John, uh, be safe out there, and we'll see you uh, in a couple of days. All right, man. I'll see you. There he goes, Father John Mashota of the Athletic, of course. Cowboys twenty seven, Texans twenty three. Cowboys are ten and three. Jacksonville. Then get the Eagles. And then Titans and Commanders, the final four, put themselves in pretty good position. Kind of an ugly game, but that's all right. It happens sometimes. We'll uh, be back in a couple days to get you ready for the Jacksonville game right here on About Them Cowboys. (laughs) 